0: Hi, I'm Amanda, and welcome to Self. On this podcast, I share ideas, experiences, and have conversations to explore the self. By developing our own self awareness, we can better show up for ourselves and those around us, and hopefully all live happier and healthier lives. On today's episode, I have a very special guest joining me. Her name is Ruby Joseph, and Ruby is a certified holistic sex coach and female sexuality specialist. She supports women to do the inner work in healing so that they can feel confident and alive in their sexuality and experience deep pleasure and create a sex life that nourishes them on a physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual level. I am so excited to have you join me. Hi, Ruby. Welcome to Self.
1: Hey, Amanda. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm so excited about this conversation.
0: What led you down the path of becoming a sex coach and what brings you here to where you are now?
1: Yeah, I get asked this question all the time because it is a bit of an unusual (laughs) career, (laughs) career move. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, so I've always been someone who is really curious about sex and sexuality. Um, through high school and even middle school and high school I was always you know the friend that people would come and lean on for support you know relating to relationships and sex and I was always sort of that safe space for people Um, and as I kind of got older I had a really pretty pivotal relationship when I was about 17 18 and I was with a I was in a really abusive relationship and I felt incredibly caged in that relationship and I felt incredibly disempowered and I really lost that sparkle that I had when I was younger and I really lost that. Oh, I'm sorry um, to hear that. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a pretty big time in my life and once I left that relationship I quite unconsciously at the time just I felt like a, a bird who had been freed from this cage and I began to really connect back in with my sexuality and explore my sexuality. Um, as I got older, I was living in quite a remote part of the country and I was still very curious about sex and I met a woman who was right into the world of Tantra and sacred sexuality and I just I just learned so much from her and she sort of opened my mind to this whole other way of um relating and this whole other way of um that that sex was available and i was in a relationship at the time and she sort of was um unofficially mentoring me in this space just providing me with lots of information and support materials um, and podcasts and i just started to to learn about it and i was just hooked like i was just hooked instantly the fact that um yeah there's this whole world of sexuality that was so new to me and there's just so much possibility in it so from there I I sort of discovered that um becoming a sexologist and sex coach is a viable career path and you can actually do that and you can actually um yeah have a career supporting supporting women to uncage themselves as well and to really deepen into their own essence of sexuality and to discover that and explore that. So for me it was this very wow. like natural progression into the work of mm. it and now that i'm in it i just it feels it feels so right and it feels like exactly where i'm meant to be i'm so passionate about it and i yeah i love what i do so awesome. yeah
0: so let's go back to what your journey looked like um to get you where you are now being able to help facilitate and hold this space for for women it's mostly women that you're working with it sounds like
1: yeah so i yeah
0: work with women primarily yeah for that journey I mean whether you want to talk about what that relationship looked like and how you felt in that space or we can even just skip forward to when I guess like that work started within you wherever you want to go from I'm just curious I want to hear more
1: yeah absolutely so I think for me it really began when I I left that relationship and it was this freedom, this sense of freedom and this liberation that I'd never experienced before. I grew up in quite a small, um, small town. I grew up in Darwin in the Northern Territory, so it's quite isolated. And <laughs> yeah. um <laughs> Yeah. If anyone's been to Darwin, especially I like, mean, it's a, me it's a city. It's
0: a city. It's just like a much
1: smaller city. I, I love it up cities. there, yeah. but it's it's definitely quite it's a isolated. great place. Yeah, it yeah. it's got a lot going for it. But I think um yeah, it's quite isolated and I moved to the east coast. I moved um when I was eighteen, I moved to or nineteen, moved to um Byron Bay area, which is like which just kind of like totally different. Totally different, just such a liberated, free place. And I remember moving there and I like I said, I felt like this bird who would just be like freed and I was just like, Oh, I can just yeah. spread my wings and that 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 liberation piece really started for me, you know, skinny dipping and just laying topless on the beach and just being starting to connect back into my body as my own body and not as something that was controlled and manipulated by someone else. And it was this real remembrance mm. of my sovereignty and my autonomy over my body. Um and I think that was probably the first big piece um for me. And then I suppose with the the, the sort of the pieces following that I was then in a relationship that was actually quite healing um, after being wow. in an abusive relationship one with someone who was who was um yeah a really kind loving person and that sort yeah. of created a real safety like an emotional and physical safety that allowed me to continue to um it really supported me in that liberation that I felt there was no stifling yeah. it was very much like just like supportive and and bringing me up, I suppose. Just open, yeah. yeah. I, can, re- I yeah. can really
0: see. I I completely understand. I've had yeah. that relationship in the past, and I'm really fortunate to have a great relationship now. Where yeah. I completely agree with you. The right kind of people who come into your life, um, and the right relationships really allow space for that healing. And when you know, there's just this supportive and loving atmosphere with no expectations it just fosters that environment
1: absolutely I'm glad you got that yeah absolutely and it was so, it was so polarizing after you know that previous relationship that was so abusive and so controlling and so yeah. stifling I suppose um so and you then talk I
0: su- about um sorry I just if I can pause there and ask you You know, you talk about feeling this sense of liberation after the relationship. Can I ask, um, you know, I guess before that, did you grow up in quite a conservative home or anything?
1: I didn't. I was actually really fortunate to grow up in a family that was very comfortable with nudity and speaking about sex. It was never something that was shamed um, Mm. or or demonized I was really fortunate and both my parents like old hippies and they were just like
0: yeah body's
1: your body and nudity's great and don't you know so I was really quite liberated as a as a young teen and it was very much this relationship that was almost like yeah it really just stifled and controlled you know everything everything liberated about me it was such a disempowering you know, relationship and not to be a victim or anything like that. But it was, um, I don't like, I don't see myself as a victim in that. I see that relationship as such an amazing um, learning and point of reference in my life. And to have that experience so young has really, in a lot of ways, allowed me to choose relationships that are nothing like that. Having that point of reference was like this deep learning of, like, oh, so that's what a red flag looks like. That's familiar. I know what that is. I'm not going anywhere near anything like that. So it was very consciously choosing relationships after that. And, you know, my current relationship now is the most (laughs) expansive relationship I've ever been in. It's just so supportive and beautiful. And I've never, and I, I feel a lot of my, um, the deeper pieces of liberation have really come to light in this relationship, in my current relationship with my partner. He's just someone who um, holds so much space for all of me and for all of my, yeah. all of my pieces. Every, all of every layer everything. of you, every yeah. part of you, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and I so, you that. know, so with that has really allowed an even deeper exploration, you know, I went through, you know, my period of being single prior to this relationship where I feel like I dropped even deeper into into my sexuality into finding that sense of liberation and then to be with a man who's literally just like yes I love all of this and like how much deeper can you go show me more more like I love I all, of it. all of you yeah, yeah. exactly and wow. it's like nothing's nothing's taboo nothing's off limits nothing's too much it's all welcome. So that's been, mm. I suppose, another really beautiful piece as well. Yeah.
0: I love that. So you come out of this relationship where to me it sounds like you you were so liberated as a young, very young woman, you know, yeah. as a teenager, very free. It sounds to me as well like you had a great connection with yourself and your sexuality, which a lot of young people aren't given the opportunity to, like that for sure was not the case for me growing up in a very, very strict conservative home. When you're in this relationship, could you see those parts of yourself like dimming down, being, you know, I guess like fading away and being turned down?
1: Yeah. I honestly, I think when you're in a relationship like that, it's quite hard to see it. But when I looked back when you're in a relationship, it's quite hard to see any of that. But I remember I remember there was a few times where I just I felt so low and I would reminisce to before Mm. meeting that partner and I would reminisce to like my you know 15 16 year old self who was just so free and so uninhibited and so yeah. like sovereign in herself um, at such a young age mm. and I just remember like deeply missing that and I felt like I could I could and in hindsight I could just see my light dimming down and having to yeah. control like having to be so conscious of everything I said who I who I spent time with who I Um, what I shared on social media like every part of me was so contorted and contrived and it was yeah in hindsight it's just not
0: you being you
1: not at all not at all it was so and then and so you
0: come out of this you moved to Byron Bay which is very different the total opposite and you spoke about obviously feeling liberated and free and then being able to explore what did that period of exploration look like for you
1: that period of exploration was it was actually a really it was a really tricky time it was like moving from for the first time leaving home moving into a totally foreign place um, and just being like a kid from up north there's no one from Darwin on the east coast and so being down there just being feeling I felt like a bit of an alien for quite a long time I moved into a couple of different share houses and had some pretty wild experiences it was just like you know the first time you sort of get out of that sheltered bubble of where you grow up and Mm -hmm. you go oh whoa there's a big wide world out here. Out Whoa, yeah. this, is, this is big. And I guess just navigating that, I, I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about, um, yeah, I learned a lot about what I really wanted to create in my life. And I, I learned pretty quickly being on, on the coast that being by the ocean is something that I needed for myself. I needed mm-hmm. to be close to the water. That that, And I think I really developed and deepened my connection with the ocean when I, when I moved there, it was really such a point of cleansing and solace. And it was like something every day I would swim in the ocean and, you know, it was tricky finding friends and like finding my way in a community. That's quite, you know, quite a clicky place. I think Byron's a pretty clicky place and can be quite tricky to sort of find your way, especially so young. Um, And then I guess just, you know, that liberation looked like, It just looked like doing everything that I, you know, wasn't allowed to do when I was like, you know, meeting new friends, you know, going out, you know, having casual sex, just being like just being like, Oh, I'm nineteen and I'm free. This is great. (laughs) It was very unconscious, a very unconscious time of my life, but also such a fun time of my life that I look back on with yeah, a lot of love. A lot of love. What did you learn about yourself?
0: Um, at that point, and since then, I guess, like looking back now, how has that version of Ruby changed to who you are today?
1: Yeah, I think looking back, I um, and specifically relating to my sexuality, I think, you know, I really did use my sexuality as a way to gain validation from other people, and mm. particularly when yeah. I was in that that sort of stage after my that breakup um you know my sexuality was something that I was already there was quite a deep connection there but there was also quite a lot of unconscious pieces and patterns Mm -hmm. that were playing out and in hindsight you know and something that I've been working on a lot you know over the past few years is you know how powerful my sexuality is and how powerful all of our sexuality is um Mm -hmm. and not allowing like not misusing that power I suppose so not misusing it so I really felt as though I was misusing it in a way that I would like use it to gain validation or manipulate or like you know get what I wanted and so in hindsight you know that was probably that's probably been a massive lesson for me is you know not I guess not using my sexuality as something as a way to gain validation but as something that is a channel to keep, to connecting deeper in with myself. And it's something that's for me that I can then choose to share with people who are deserving and people who yeah. um, can receive that and hold all of that.
0: Yeah, do you think that was you kind of, you know, I guess when we're in super controlled environments, it's like a kid who grows up well me growing up in a really strict home so then the moment you break free you almost swing like the pendulum swings to the other side where you go all right well since I felt so trapped and controlled for for so long and now I'm free I'm just going to completely let loose and you know kind of go crazy and (laughs) let go do whatever and then we kind of find some balance after that and in a happy
1: yeah. medium. Yeah, 100%. It was 100% that. It was just like breaking through the barriers and it was like, "Oh, I'm so free right now. I can do whatever I want." And um yeah, I think it was probably the first time in my life as well that I had no one telling me what to do, whether it be parents or a mm. partner. It was just like total freedom. And yeah, I loved that. And I I I started to really find um after that, you know, pretty hefty pendulum pendulum swing, I did start to find balance and um, start to come back to, uh, for me, something that I really lost in that relationship as well was my connection to nature. I really lost that. And I actually Mm. um, started to really rediscover that and rediscover those parts of myself as well, which was a really beautiful thing too. Yeah. And I suppose I, I learned a lot in, in that time that I never wanted to compromise my true self ever again mm. for any relationship mm.
0: yeah so what did you learn you know I guess like through this pendulum swinging and then you, you find this balance what did you learn about your truest desires like what was it mm. that you could then go actually this is how I know I'm aligned with me yeah what did I, I think it looked
1: like I, I think about this a lot and for me my core desires are connection like true authentic uninhibited connection with people whether it be mm. partners friends family that truly deep nourishing connection and mm. being close to the natural world and peacefulness and yeah. feeling peace in those connections and feeling peace in my surroundings those are like my core desires and I I definitely learned that in that time post breakup for sure Mm.
0: yeah wow and then so you know through this journey you're here now guiding and facilitating this space for women and you you talk about pleasure you talk about creating a A sex life that nourishes people on multiple levels like holistic sex
1: Mm. what does that mean yeah I think for me it's a really nourishing sex life that is nourishing on that holistic level is choosing not so much choosing creating a sex life that welcomes every piece of you and and choosing partners who welcome every piece of you and also developing a connection with yourself that allows all of you to be welcome. So I think yeah, that, that's,
0: that's beautiful. I, that, it, for me, that sounds like that's the first thing, right? Yeah. Is creating a connection with yourself first. Yeah. Which is, sounds to me like that. That was your journey. That's what you did.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think so often what happens when we are disconnected from ourselves is we, yeah, we really kind of push a lot of the things that we don't think should be welcome or that we think are unsexy down or to the side. Mm. And then they actually become massive blocks, massive challenges and massive barriers when we're trying to connect in with ourselves and other people. So and they become like almost like these yeah like these blocks in our sexual system that we have to kind of move through to to really deepen into that connection and to allow our sexual energy to start to really ignite and move
0: How does one know if they are blocked
1: Yeah this is a great question I think I think we know. I think you, you kind of have that. And I know that sounds a little bit, you know, wishy-washy. Like an but inner knowing. You do. You you know and you can feel it. And I think there's, you know, blockages can either be like you either intuitively know and you can really feel that like in your, in your tummy. Like you can feel that intu- intuitive know whether, you know, oh, there's something present right now that's that's blocking me from experiencing pleasure or from 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 being able to open up or connect with people and then I think it's also Mm -hmm. too important to notice when those blockages may actually like that knowing is maybe it's actually a trauma response that you're experiencing and I think Mm -hmm. it's very much down to the felt senses within your body you know whether you're experiencing some sort of you know residual um, trauma response um or whether there's just like this intuitive knowing that there's something, you know, not right there, something that's, or something that needs your attention, not so much not right, but yeah. more that needs your attention. Yeah.
0: Okay. And so when, you know, if if a, an individual is to experience this and they come to you and they're like, Ruby, help me, <laughs> What? what does that look like?
1: Yeah, so I think it's so different for everyone I think it always comes back to like we were saying before really creating a deep connection with yourself and exploring the pieces Mm. that are uh, not congruent and that are not that are blocking pleasure that are blocking the ability to connect with self and with other people and I think that process looks like conversations it looks like really feeling into the body and really giving whatever is demanding attention attention like i mentioned Mm -hmm. before so often we push aside the things that are inconvenient or uncomfortable or we push them down or push them to the side and we try and push through and be like no no i'm fine i'm fine i can have sex i can connect with people i feel fine it's fine and then you get there and you're like, oh, my God, I am not fine. So it's sort of yeah. really bringing those pieces into the light and giving them the love and attention that they they need to be worked through. And yeah, it's really not being always, honest. Yeah. And it's not always like a quick and easy process. Like this this can take a lot of time. And I think as well, you know, for people who have experienced trauma, you know, the residual effects of, of trauma and um in the system can can take time to work through Mm. but it's all completely possible and it's all I think it all just requires a lot of time love and attention and and courage to look at the pieces that are a little bit ugly to look at the pieces that are painful and to yeah really bring those into the light yeah do you
0: think we live in a world where people are more disconnected or more connected either to themselves or to each other?
1: I think that's a really tricky thing to comment on because everyone's connection to themselves is so different. I think Mm. with the influx in technology, I think people are more distracted than they've ever been. And I can say that a lot of people I work with are really dis- come to me because they feel so disconnected from themselves there's mm. so much pressure the way like there's so much pressure just in general to
0: yeah yeah for sure to
1: be connected to yourself to be on all the time to like to 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 I guess be this like perfect human and to present on social media in a perfect way and to you know be doing a yoga and doing exercising this and being successful and there's a lot of pressure to get it right in society and I think people's yeah it can be easy to get caught up in trying to make everything look perfect and everything present perfectly but actually that's just a veneer over a really deep sense of like disconnect to your true to our true desires and to what we what truly feels good in our bodies and in our nervous systems Mm. yeah
0: and what practices do you apply um for yourself so that you stay connected
1: yeah I yeah I think for me I have a couple I I love connecting in with my emotions and connecting in with the feelings Mm -hmm. and sensations in my body my self-pleasure practice is quite has quite a wide birth it's like connection to self and bringing pleasure to myself in whatever way I'm desiring or whatever way that I'm actually needing in order to nourish myself so experiencing if I'm having a day where I'm experiencing a lot of grief you know my practice that day will look like sitting down putting some music on that feels really resonant and Feeling what needs to be felt, allowing my emotions Mm -hmm. to be present, and then going, okay, what do I need to nourish this? And, you know, that might look like touching my body, really physically connecting in with myself, um, moving, dancing, just giving, really giving myself what I need moment to moment and not Mm -hmm. ignoring that. Because I think connecting to ourselves, I think the disconnect comes from ignoring our needs it comes from ignoring what our bodies what our hearts are actually asking from us yeah. you know i think that's a big piece so yeah for me my my daily practice which i try and do most days but again you know not perfect don't do it every day but you know really dropping in and being really present with with myself and my feelings and allowing my erotic energy to run and allowing that to be a a part of me that is really alive as much as possible, and being able to drop into that so that can come through in my business, in my work, and in my relationships, and with myself as well. Um, but yeah, and I think other things like you know movement, being in nature, these are all great ways to, yeah, just really connect in with myself and what I desire and creating the life that I desire.
0: Mm. I think for me, hearing you share that. Um, I guess I start to reflect on the ways that I connect with myself, you know, in times when I feel like I'm I'm giving so much to Mm. the world around me and I'm giving a lot to others. There's kind of a point. I think typically I would, you know, speaking for myself, I would let it go on a little bit longer before I can fully acknowledge "Hey, I'm feeling a bit disconnected from myself Mm. and I need time. But hearing you share that, I'm just thinking, hey, are there times when I really give myself what I need in that moment or am I accustomed to just going to the same tools that I know? And that was something really interesting for me to just reflect on because I guess um, a lot of us would have kind of this same toolbox, right, where it might be, let's say, for me, I love nature as well and I love exercise. Um, and yoga meditation or perhaps listening to some music but just hearing you say in that moment you know on any given day actually asking yourself what it is that you need and you also Mm. framed it um, you mentioned self-pleasure and when you said self-pleasure I thought masturbation straight away but then as you were describing I'm like it's so interesting because pleasure doesn't have to be sexual satisfaction, yeah. Um, and and I could really picture you, you know, being there in a moment with listening to music, being there just with yourself, and um, really providing a space for you to love yourself and to connect there, and to receive from you and and receive pleasure from that. That's not sexual so it's Mm. just interesting that when you said self-pleasure I was like oh yeah she's masturbating and then you described that I was like that that's Mm. not what she said that's just what I heard um yeah so it's just interesting to hear you share this kind of like great big toolbox you have and to talk about pleasure in more Mm. than just a sexual sense
1: yeah I I love I love that about self-pleasure and I think that's a huge misconception is that self-pleasure equals masturbation and I feel that Mm. that can be really limiting for a lot of people particularly if you're experiencing like blocks sexually so it's like oh I can't Mm -hmm. possibly self-pleasure because I feel so shut down sexually but pleasure is medicine and pleasure like you said it doesn't have to be sexual pleasure it can be sensual it can be nourishing it can be healing and something, you know, my self-pleasure practice personally, like, yes, yeah, sometimes it is sexual, you know, and sometimes mm. it, it does involve orgasm and sometimes it does involve, you know, penetration or, um, you know, more things akin to masturbation, you know, that real cultivation of sexual energy. And a lot of the time it's just nourishing myself, giving myself mm. what I need, which is creates which which feels pleasurable you know sometimes that's yeah. just giving myself like a massage on my body or tickling my face or giving myself a head massage like self-pleasure really doesn't have to be um sexual at all and I think it's such mm-hmm. a beautiful tool to to connect us back in with ourself and connect us back in with what we're needing yeah
0: did you always have this large toolbox of different things that you could go to for self-pleasure? Or how did you, I guess, like come to discover these different things? Because I think even the idea of someone giving themselves a hug, you know, like touching yourself in a nurturing, like caressing your body even, that Mm. might be really foreign to people, you know, the idea of that. So is this something that you've always, you know, had? Was this something passed to you, taught to you by your parents? um, Or how have you come upon these different tools?
1: Yeah, so I actually, so when I was studying, when I was studying, I was mentored by one of Australia's, she's one of Australia's leading sexologists. She's amazing. And her Mm -hmm her sex coaching um teachings are incredibly holistic and incredibly open-minded there's not there's no limitations on her teachings and I found that amazing Mm -hmm. because it she provided this um she provided really expansive views on topics that often are quite narrow narrowly described so um, Mm -hmm her name's Kiki. And so Kiki described self-pleasure a lot as not having to be something that's sexual. And that for me really opened up, that teaching opened Bye. up a lot. And and that's how I teach yeah. self-pleasure now as well. Um, so it's absolutely not something that I was taught um, young. It was something that I, I learned as an adult and something that I really support. And I, I think if we can if we can incorporate more self-pleasure in our lives and not necessarily self-pleasure in a sexual way, but as a way to give ourselves the support and healing and nourishment, as well as sexual pleasure, as well as building that safety mm-hmm. within our body, it really just deepens the connection with self. And it also deepens our ability to listen to our body and to listen mm-hmm. to what we need, which gives us the foundations for being able to communicate what we need to be able to communicate our boundaries. So, when we're really disconnected from ourselves, when we're really disconnected from our desires and our needs, and we're not listening to our bodies, we're not communicating that. We're kind of going, we're, we're, mm. we're being passive in that sense, and we're going, okay, cool, like whatever, yeah. I'm easy, go with the flow. I'm not listening to my body now. But when we have that really deep connection to ourselves and we can actually really communicate from that place of, of of knowing of knowing and of listening that's when we can start to really expand how we interact with other people and how we can have our needs met because we know and we can communicate from that place and we can yeah. feel really strong in what we're communicating because we know there's no there's no second guessing it's like i know my body needs this yeah. right now i know my heart needs this right now so i'm going to communicate that mm.
0: Yeah, and definitely as a practice, I find that leaning into that when you listen to yourself, you know, I, I feel like it's a this voice that becomes louder and clearer the more that we listen. Mm. And so that doubt slowly fades over time because then you just know, you know, there's no delay, there's no second guessing the more that you practice listening yep. to that inner knowing. That intuition. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. Yeah, it creates trust.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, exactly that. I think for me, um, from past experiences, I've had several seasons or chapters in my life where I've really lost trust in myself. Mm. And regaining that and relearning how to trust myself is something that has taken a lot of time and that's taken being able to listen to that voice and backing it even when Mm -hmm. perhaps on the outside it might be like I don't I'm not sure that I should and doing it anyway and then going yeah actually that was the right call to make and I'm glad I backed myself and I think just rebuilding that trust within yourself allows you then to know yourself better you know as you said it's that connection to self first and then we're able to then communicate that to others and connect with others so you know through your through your journey um in reconnecting with yourself and then in studying holistic sex how has this impacted your relationships and you know your relationship with your partner now
1: Mm. so I really I really dive deep into this when I was um single um so Mm-hmm. previously to my current relationship and it was initially like connection to self it was just that deep building of confidence and inner knowing and trust yeah and then stepping into my relationship with my partner this it supported me to open to to really open on like a physical mental emotional sexual level Spiritual level to just fully open, and in turn, that has been his invitation for him to open as well, and vice versa, and vice versa, Mm -hmm. you know. And you know, but choosing to be with someone who you know could hold all of me, and I think that was a big thing, you know, not settling for someone who who wanted to keep me small and who didn't want me to deepen into my expression and deepen into my my purpose and my work and, and my own practices. And I think as well, you know, really stepping into this work has just like my mind's just blown wide open. It's like, everything is welcome. We can talk about anything. We can try anything, yeah. like everything is welcome. And even if it's just a conversation, even if it's just a conversation about maybe we would like to try this or, you know, how does that feel? I think this works just like deepened my relationship on every level. And I think, yeah, I almost don't have words for it. (laughs) It's just this (laughs) this level of depth with someone that I've never known before. And I'm deeply grateful for that and deeply grateful for him to have the strength and the courage to hold all of me as well because it's a lot you know and it is it's an unusual line of work and you know society shames women like me you know society shames women who are confident in their sexuality and who are comfortable in their sexuality and it shames women who are expressive in their sexuality you know and it's like I I, I'm studying psychotherapy as well and you know I was thinking to myself the other day I don't know what I'm going to do when it gets to placement because I have you know semi-explicit photos of myself on social media and it's like you know that's still inappropriate in the eyes of you know tertiary education oh we probably can't hire her because you know there's this these explicit images of her you know like there is still so much taboo and so much Mm -hmm. shame and so much Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so much negative feedback around this line of work, and so I've digressed a little bit, but uh, but I guess you know, for my partner, you know, navigating all of the rhetoric present in the world, you know, yeah, oh, you're, yeah. you, you're not you're not going to be with someone who's you know posting naked photos of themselves, you know, that's so promiscuous, you know, like navigating all of that, and also all of his conditioning about you know how how could you share that with so many people. And he's been amazing. You know, he's been so amazing and just like opening his mind and um, I guess just supporting me in such an unapologetic way. And I've been so, I'm so blessed to have a partner who is so supportive of of that and who's so willing to look at his own stuff as well and to look at the conditioning present and in his life that's, you know, maybe made him think those things in the past as well.
0: Yeah, I I mean, I was thinking a few of these things as you were sharing, you know, whether about conversations I imagine that you guys have had. I think naturally because what you're doing is it's not like sex is anything new. It's not like the idea Mm. of pleasure is anything that we haven't experienced. It's such a fundamental, natural part of our human Mm. experience um, but as you said, is so taboo. So I can imagine that they have, you know, that this line of work would naturally perhaps bring about some insecurities, perhaps some doubts and stuff, not because it's your fault at all, but, but as you said, because of conditioning in society, it's the fact that a woman's body has mm. always been tied to be ownership. looked at. Uh, yeah, objectively, yeah, owners, ownership, to be sexualized that it's not a beautiful human mm. body um i guess to be celebrated something yeah. that can be empowering for the individual something that a woman can choose to share or not to share publicly or not you know it's yeah. i think women's bodies have been put into a box for so long and then we have this movement and And then, like anything, you've got two extreme ends where
1: Mm.
0: one side will be like, cover yourself up and Mm. it's not empowering, it's embarrassing and shameful and all of that, and you've got the other extreme side that's like, let's go ham and I can do whatever I want, which, you know, more power to people. So have you guys um, had some you know, challenging conversations, navigating this as you've grown on social media and as you've um, progressed Mm. in your line of work?
1: Yeah, it's, it's, that's a beautiful question. We had one really pivotal conversation when I first um, started sharing my work on Instagram and my partner felt really insecure about me posting, you know, semi-naked photos of myself um mm-hmm. and it was it was a really pivotal conversation because his insecurities came up and they were projected onto me of you can't like how could you do that like how can you you know disrespect our relationship in that way like i feel disrespected blah mm-hmm. you know this it was a tirade and it was coming from a place um yeah and it was it was an opportunity for me to very clearly say Hey, I understand you feel insecure and you know, that's that's okay. But this is my body. This is how I am operating. And I and it circles back to that first relationship that I or that, you know, that abusive relationship Mm -hmm. where I was like, I'm never being controlled again. And it was like, I remember having that, that girl in my head being like, absolutely not, like we're not changing who we are. And, and it was, yeah, yeah, it was just like, this is my body. This is my choice. And this is who I am. And I am not changing that. And I am being really strong in that I am not watering myself down, or diluting myself Mm -hmm. to make you feel more comfortable. That's a you thing. And that's something that you need to work on. I'm not, uh, you know, I'm still operating within all of the boundaries of our relationship, you know but I'm not going to change how I express myself and I'm not going to change yeah. how I share in my work. And it was a really pivotal conversation and, you know, my partner, he did, he really reflected on that. He really reflected on, you know, the conditioning that he had received to that had told him that what I was doing was wrong and, you know, inappropriate or whatever yeah, that, that story was. was. Yeah. yeah, and he, he really reflected on that and he's honestly, he's like my number one order like he's now he's just like you know just so supportive of it and so accepting of all of me but yeah those we've definitely had those tricky conversations for sure
0: yeah that's it's beautiful that you really stood firm on Mm. your ground and recognized because in those moments I think I'm sure a lot of people particularly a lot of women have experienced that where there's this dressing up of um a control even though Mm. you know his intention was probably not to actually control you but as you said by projecting his insecurities in that moment what actually comes out is I'm trying to control your actions and Mm. it's you know dressed up sometimes as as boundaries Yeah. Which they aren't. Like it really is actually just control. And what's so beautiful is that that was an opportunity for you to, I suppose, like prove that trust to yourself. You know, your whole journey leading you up to that point was you've come from this kind of relationship before and Mm. you could see that and identify and go, hey, this is a you thing. And then really for him to be able to go away and to reflect Mm. on that and go, yeah. this is a me
1: thing yeah
0: yeah this is a me thing and I'm gonna work through this
1: yeah and he's honestly like yeah just want to be really clear on the fact that he's just so amazing at that like and I'm really grateful to be with a partner who is like who's so reflective of things like that and yeah it was it was it was a really beautiful point in our relationship and a really beautiful way that we we connected deeper after that. And I think it goes yeah, to show, you 100%. know, like like, you, there's no relationship comes without hard conversations and insecurities yeah, being projected. Like I don't care how conscious anyone is. Like we project our insecurities onto our partners, you know, well, not all the time, but like it happens no matter how conscious it the happens. relationship is. Well, it you're happens. human. We
0: just, we have yeah. our stuff and I think no matter yeah. what, things just come out. There's always yeah. going to be parts of us that come out and we're like, you know, I think reactively we go, this isn't a me thing. It's because you're doing this. Yeah. But how powerful is it for to be able to have a partner who goes, hey, I see you, I see why this is going on for you, mm. but I'm not going to take it on. This is an opportunity yeah. for you to reflect back and then and then for him to hear that that's yeah. awesome
1: yeah and um, oh my gosh like I am not perfect at all like he is that person for me so often as well so it's beautiful it's such a yeah. reciprocal relationship in that way which I'm yeah great. yeah awesome. and
0: I mean, like you know coming back to being in the kind of relationships that allow your healing that's exactly it and you know, I can mm. really see that in that moment for both of you Forming Mm. that deeper connection, but also that would have facilitated a space for healing for him as well, and then Mm. for you to be able to to speak honestly and truthfully, and then to have Mm. that received and not thrown back in your face as like you're being a shit partner by not doing what I say. That Mm. he was able to just go, yeah, cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna think about that. I'm gonna reflect on that. That's yeah, incredible.
1: Yeah, one hundred percent. It's yeah, been. Yeah, it's it's been beautiful to be in a relationship that has really that is that is like the foundation of our relationship is being a mirror for one another and it doesn't yeah, come without its that. challenges. Yep. <laughs> it doesn't. Yeah.
0: Yep, no, I hear that. David David yeah. and I say the same about each other and you know, David um Yeah. Which, which, yeah, like you knew him before I knew you. So, yeah, like that's what we say about each other. And it's such a beautiful thing when you can do that. And mm. not only is it that you're mirroring, you know, you act as mirrors for each other, but that you're both willing to see what's in the mirror. Yeah. It's one thing, like relationships will always be a mirror whether you like it or not, but it's mm. whether you choose to see what's being mirrored to you and then do something about it.
1: I love that. That's exactly it. That's so beautifully said, Amanda. That's, yeah, exactly right. It's the willingness. Um, it's the willingness to see it and the willingness to to action change because it's all well and good to mm. be like, okay, yes, I see that part of myself that's a little bit, you know, icky and probably needs some loving attention. But then it's another yeah. thing to actually action that and to put things yeah. into place to create change for the future and for the growth and evolution of the relationship.
0: Mm. yeah, which really kind of come coming full circle comes back to that connection with yourself not being afraid to go to those places to do the work for yourself because that's Absolutely. hard. I think when we sit see- when we see things in ourselves that are ugly, that are you know these dark sides that perhaps mm. you've been able to ignore or push away, push to the side, or suppress for so long, mm. you can't hide from that when someone mirrors that back to you. Hey,
1: yeah, if someone's literally like, "Hey, you need to look at this."
0: Yeah, <laughs> You're like, oh, yeah, okay, exactly.
1: And, yeah. and it is, you know, we, I, I, something I really am. Um, working on at the moment is not getting defensive when those things are brought to light Mm -hmm. for me you know and really working on not going actually no I don't want to look at that I'm going to be really defensive and deflect that away but but really welcoming in that discomfort and really welcoming in oh okay where's that landing in my body does that feel true okay yes that feels true how's this playing out what do I need to support myself how do I need to how can I action this to to do better down the track as well for me and yeah. for for my relationship yeah
0: yeah I think that's a tricky one that I dare say most people probably either have struggled with or do struggle with is not becoming defensive when things are brought to light to us because yeah. I mean naturally that's what you want to do right is go hold on a second no that's that's not yeah. me <laughs>
1: yeah that's Um, not me that's your fault (laughs) yeah
0: yeah yeah, exactly but that's that level of the practice for me of self-awareness is being Mm. being willing to go okay yeah I'm just going to hear this and as you said like see where it lands and go yeah there's truth in that yeah Um, yeah and I think having having things communicated to you in a way you know people aren't all aren't going to be perfect communicators but I think as partners the best thing that we can do is to help communicate things in a kind loving and respectful way that's Mm. the best you can do
1: yeah Um, my partner always says connection before correction you know connect (laughs) and then you know connection before correction and when that's really consciously like when that's really consciously conveyed the difference Mm -hmm. that we both feel in our body when we have those tricky conversations is incredible, you know, really making a conscious effort to connect. Hey, I love you. And this is really alive for me right now. And, you know, we need to talk about this. I love you. And, you know, I see you and I know you're hurting or whatever it is, but we need to talk about this, you know? Yeah. It's, it's beautiful yeah. rather than just like slinging, hey, you did that thing and it's really like, it, it, that's quite hard to receive. But again, we're not going to get it right all the time and, you know, sometimes those outbursts have to happen. But, yeah. 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 Oh, connection before correction. Yeah.
0: Love that. And, and I guess even applying that um, to yourself, you know, outside mm-hmm. of a relationship. Connection mm. with yourself before correction. I think we can be yeah. our own harshest critics a lot of the time. It's it's all about I'm fixing this about myself, you know. Yeah. As you said, with technology the way it is, with the distractions that we have, with this kind of hyper-focus on doing all these things and living mm. this picture-perfect life, I think um, we do have a tendency to focus on correction of ourselves more than connection yeah. with ourselves,
1: yeah. And I think even just like an appearance that we're correcting, mm. whether there's yeah. actually deep, deep what you know work going on, work. Yeah. yeah. Like whether that that's actually going on or not, it's like, but hey, I'm going to a yoga class so therefore, like I'm correcting, you know. It's like yeah. that 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 truly deep connecting in with yourself showing yourself that love and compassion, listening to your body, trusting what you need, giving yourself that, and then moving to a place of, okay, how can I, you know, move forward from here in a way that feels really good? Mm.
0: Oh, beautiful. Oh, it's been so great speaking with you, Ruby. If you were to share three things, three tools or three of your favourite ways um, to experience self-pleasure? What are those?
1: Beautiful. That's such a fun question. I think three beautiful ways to experience self-pleasure. The first one I want to say would be putting on music that suits your mood and taking, mm-hmm. shutting down your eyes, placing your hands on your body and just feeling your body, you know, really mm. feeling it. Taking a moment to really drop into the sensations that are alive in your body, you know, noticing mm. whether you might be breathing into your chest because you've had a bit of a stressful day, um, or you know, noticing what your heart rate's doing, and just really taking a moment to drop deeply into the sensations of your body, and then starting to respond from there to bringing yourself to a, a place of of real calm and ease and you know settledness I suppose so that's one really beautiful way um the second would be slowness I think you know self-pleasure I think a lot of um a lot of women I speak to you know are in the habit of like you know masturbation looks like grabbing a vibrator and you've got five minutes and your orgasm in five minutes done um and I understand that you know A lot of people are time poor, but I think bringing slowness and intention into self-pleasure is a really beautiful way to access deeper states of pleasure and deeper states of orgasm. So Mm -hmm. actually giving yourself an hour to deeply connect in with yourself, touch your whole body and, Mm. you know, your vulva and your pussy and like just really explore all of yourself with slowness and with intention. and my third favorite self-pleasure is breast massage and body massage so sitting in a mirror mm-hmm. with some beautiful oil and just really massaging your body in a way that feels really nourishing playing around with different um like pressures of your hands and yeah giving yourself some love in in that way some love and pleasure in that way too beautiful mm. Yeah.
0: thank you so much for sharing that
1: you're so welcome. It's such a it's such a favourite thing of mine to speak into is self-pleasure. I love it.
0: Yeah, I'm very excited to chat to you more about this. Um, So if people want to connect with you or learn more about you, how can they do that?
1: Yeah, so I am on Instagram at ruby.joseph.sex.coach or you can find me at my website ruby-joseph.com. And yeah, reach out. I have a couple of really exciting new offerings in the works, and one on one mentoring is available at the, at the moment as well. So, yeah, if you're hearing this and you want to connect or find out more, feel free to send me an email or send me a message.
0: Amazing. I will also put all the links into the show notes. Um, Ruby, thank you so much for joining me. For anyone listening, thank you for tuning in this week you can also follow self podcast at self double underscore podcast on instagram or follow me at amanda latran that's amanda l-e-t-r-a-n rate and review the show please give ruby lots of love i'm very grateful for the time that she's made to be with us here today Um, and yeah release episodes every thursday i'll see you next week ruby thank you so much again have an incredible day and I'll chat to you soon.
1: Thanks Amanda, it's been such a pleasure. Thanks.
0: Bye.